We are Wrestling Elitists. I'm your co-host, Alex Gibson, alongside the pastor of disaster, Chris Scott Moore. Ooh, yeah. Microsoft Excel's worst nightmare, Sean Nash. Boys, how we doing? Wow. Hey, man, I love it. Hello, hello. That was great. Well, uh, I'm grateful for the PTO policies that we have here at WrestlingElitists.com uh, for allowing me to take some time away. My head is clear, my heart is full, and uh, I'm now inked up and ready to join the uh, House of Black. So thank you, boys, for taking over for oh, me gosh. and uh, <laughs> just ready to talk wrestling with my boys again. So yeah. <laughs> excited about this week. It's been a good week uh, in wrestling. We appreciate uh, all of our listeners for continuing to listen and subscribe. If you'd like to continue to support the podcast, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and make sure you share with fellow wrestling fans. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast. Check out our Discord as well. Uh, I don't know what that is, so just like look up Wrestling Elitist on Discord, and maybe we'll come up. Uh, and finally, <laughs> visit our website at WrestlingElitist.com. This week, we will have a look back on Steamboat vs. Savage from WrestleMania 3. Super pumped about that. Uh, Chris. Where does that where does WrestleMania three rank for you in like best WrestleManias? Oh, number two, I would say behind X seven. How about Definitely. you, Sean? Definitely. Top, yeah, top. top top three, probably. Definitely. Of good things happen in Detroit or Detroit area in, shows. Within exactly. ten miles of where this is being recorded right now. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah, brother. Uh well let's jump right into it. Oh, First of all, Sean, look at me. I take a week off and I forget to have, have Sean explain the way that we're going to break this down for everybody. Sean, can you give yeah. the people what they want? Yeah, I'll let Alex know as well. We do our match, moment, news, cringe, worthy items of the week, and then leave you off with what we're anticipating in the weeks and months to come. Awesome. Well, I'm anticipating a hell of a show tonight. Let's start with the match of the week. Sean, what did you have for match of the week? I decided to kind of take it a little different after we recorded last week. I watched Raw for a little bit. They started off with probably their best ability of a response for the amazing revolution show that AEW had with a three-way tag title match with RK Bro beating Alpha Academy and the Cocaine Cowboys in Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Uh, Randy, Randy's been dead stale and just boring to me for like so long, but, uh, he actually kind of had like a nice little promo in the beginning. I kind of love this little friendship with him and, uh, Riddle bro. They're, they're perfect together. Two little stone head, stone weed heads, just perfect for each other. Um, he hit a perfect RKO on Gable in the match when he was doing like a backflip swanton. I, I can't even remember who on the ground, but perfect timing. He's so great with that. Felt it just like kind of got me excited for mania within lean at least like the tag title match might be fun a lot to do there seemed kind of like uh at the end we were going to get a little kevin owens seth rollins feud i was kind of hoping with the way they kind of walked off kevin was just kind of griping and rollins walking away in disbelief sweet little end who's we'll see what we actually get out of it but it was fun, and WWE doesn't really do fun too often very well, so i got to give them their props when they do. And it was just a good response to Revolution because, you know, they had to do something after that fantastic show. Yeah, that was almost my moment of the week, Randy Orton's post-match promo. Uh, he used the dreaded F word of saying uh, they were friends, which you would never hear him say ever. But he genuinely does seem like he enjoys the shit out of his uh, partnership with Brittle, that they actually do seem like real friends. I was afraid at first that it was going to set up like um, 
you know, wacky tag team champions at feud at WrestleMania storyline, but uh, they let them have a moment and actually let it breathe. And the fans seem to genuinely enjoy it too. And it just shows how over they are and how nice it is to have a rewarding moment where baby faces aren't looking like dipshits. Yeah. We know where every Randy Orton friendship goes into some inevitable feud and match somewhere, but these two just have just a nice chemistry that blends kind of like just innocently fun, but with a stonerish background, uh, it's so much better than like, things we've seen in the past with them i i feel what do you think alex i've i've seen very limited stuff you know from rk bro from starting from when i I saw them in the over the summer um but they've been enjoyable it it feels like uh riddle has really helped give randy a a side of a character that he hasn't really had in a long time because he's tech whenever he's a face he's usually pretty boring and you're just kind of waiting for him to turn heel and then his heel is always the same randy essentially too so I've enjoyed what they've done. The only thing I saw about that match was that RKO out of nowhere that he hit uh, on. Uh, I think it was Gable, right? That he had, that he did that on. It was Gable. Yeah. Gable. Uh, that was that was sick. I, I'll always, you know, be a sucker for those. And uh, I'm glad to see that uh, that Gable's still doing stuff in the WWE. He's kind of floundered at times and not really had anything with Shorty G for a little bit. But you know, any any time that he's he's on screen, he does pretty well. So. Uh, did anybody out, Chris, did you have any other thoughts on that match? No, I thought I, I liked it a lot, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, our match of the week was the same one. So we had, uh, a debuting swerve Strickland defeating Tony niece. Chris, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. Simple story in this match. They've wrestled each other multiple times in 205 live. AEW actually acknowledges that, but doesn't make fun of it because they want to make it seem like it's important. Uh, they know each other really well. So they're countering everything that they do that uh, came back from commercial break. And they had each, I think Tony niece had them in like a, uh, body vice and they were slapping each other's chest and it just, uh, reversals went in a high overdrive. Uh, Tony niece hit an amazing 450 that just looked snug as shit. That was great. And then swerve hit some stomps and then hit a cutter to get the win. I love the match. I gave it three stars, but I thought it was very good. And I think it's, uh, Tony niece really stood out in this. And I think that maybe that wasn't the expected result but he seemed like he was the bigger star coming out of it uh because he carried the match really well and it just shows how good he is when he's given time niece is starting to feel like a little bit of almost a like a gatekeeper for like the new guys to come in and like you, you beat yeah. niece and then you kind of get a chance to go on and do some other cooler things i know this was a debut for swerve but he's also kind of the perfect guy to debut against somebody like that because um he, ha- he can take take a match look great and he shines when he does. And I think, you know, you pretty much covered my thoughts on the match, but um, I think Rampage is really starting to find its groove as kind of the more, you know, how SmackDown is looked at as more of the wrestling show. And I feel like Rampage is starting to really feel that way. I think at first when they were doing it, it was almost, to me, I felt like besides obviously the punk debut and like the first few weeks when they were really trying to push people to watch it, it got to where I was like, well, here's the matches nobody wants to see on Dynamite. But it's gotten to where it's starting to feel like there's matches every week, at least one or two of the ones that are on the card for Rampage that I want to see, even when it's taped. You know, I have, somehow nothing ever really leaks out when something decently big happens. No, and, and yeah. they, they do a really good yeah, job with all of that. And then I love the switch up of whenever there is a pay-per-view, you get a live Rampage as well, because that's always fun. So I wish that we could find a way to get that on earlier than 10 p.m. on Fridays. 
But alt- ultimately, since it's a tape show anyways, it doesn't really matter if I watch it Saturday morning because I'm not going to have anything spoiled, I don't think, through Friday night that I wouldn't have already had spoiled otherwise. I literally think of it just like Saturday morning wrestling when I was a little boy. <laughs> There's no way I'm staying up that late. I think of all the Rampage episodes they've had. and Maybe I've made four of them all the way through at Friday night. That's just way too tough for a 36-year-old. Can't do that. It's perfect. Breakfast and body slams. It's exactly. the way it's meant to be. Um, you guys said it great. Um, Swerve just has a perfect swagger to him, like in his moveset. He works so fluidly well. Um, loved seeing him on the independence. Can't wait to see him in uh, Detroit when AEW comes to town. Speaking of that, did you guys see the latest today that came out on ticket sales for that? They've sold like all but like a thousand tickets yeah. now already. Like yeah. that. 8,000 right now. They may like, expand it just with how many tickets they've already sold. They might as well. Like, Cause they, they're only, they're only putting 9,000 in there uh, with the current setup, but I think they would have the opportunity to put more in there. Cause it's bigger than 10 or 11. You know, they can probably fit more in there. I would think that they could do at least close to 11, if not 11, yeah. but very excited about it. And uh, it's very cool to see what they're, what, you know, that not only did Detroit get a show finally, but we got it in one of our larger arenas and we're, we're showing up and showing out. I, I got to imagine there's a lot of people going to want to come over from Canada for that too. There's, there's always that extra market that we get out of Windsor. So uh, moving on, let's go to our moment of the week. Sean, what did you have? Uh, just simply the, the William Regal pro uh, William Regal promo. Uh, good to see him kind of give his little thank you to Tony Schiavone of like his uh, coming to America story of getting him along and helping him out. Um, He's kind of always been that person who's just been like the first to be named on the most underrated list. Um, it's good to see him kind of get his shine and his flowers for his long ass career. Um, clearly knows these two both very well. Um, would love to see some videos of those training like montages of uh, him and Brian Danielson working out in the the long afternoons and to the nights. Um Creating this uh, tag team that's just like the most pure, most talented, most sadistic tag team out there. Sounds great. Can't wait to see where they uh, where they go with that. Absolutely loved Regal's line of step up or get stepped on. Oh, man, I was I was I was all in before that. But uh, after that point, I was like, God, I can't wait to see them just hurt people. Uh, overall, just a, a great promo. I saw something where I guess Regal ran a little bit over time on there. So he was apologizing to the boys in the back, but they also then added a unannounced match that uh, the pack match was not originally announced for dynamite. So I feel like that couldn't have gone over too, too much, but yeah, it was great to see him and and Tony. There's some rumors that Regal has some health issues, but Regal's already come out and said that that's not the case. Uh, So hopefully he's all good there. But overall, he yeah, looks it was a lot great... better too. I don't think he's sick. I mean, I mean, I don't know his. Yeah, I'm not his fucking doctor, but <laughs> he doesn't look like um, he's in bad shape. And he looked a lot better now than he had sometimes in his run in NXT. He looked a little thinner in NXT at times, but he sounds great. And it's nice that as as great as that kiss my ass segment was, he was always a goof. And he got partnered with Eugene for so long, and he just was always the. Um, distinguished gentleman who could get hit with a pie in the face, kind of like uh, Sideshow Bob's uh, brother Cecil. <laughs> it was like that that character. So like he just always seemed like the English man that could get shit on, but he's really a fantastic wrestler who's legitimate, like 
a stretcher and a carny in the in in the old sense of it. So it's nice that he has a different character and is allowed to show a different side of his personality. Absolutely. And and he's always just come across to me as one of those guys that you watch and it's like wrestling, it, like he's a real legitimate badass, like kind of like you hear those stories of uh, Fit Finley from back in the day of like when people would say like wrestling's fake and they'd like break their fingers. William Regal seems like that exact same type of person to me. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that guy oh, could yeah. probably like mess up your toes or your <laughs> pinky, like just in the most cruel way that could make like a huge 400 pound man squeal. Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, what was your moment of the week? What was my moment of the week? My moment of the week was <laughs> all the breakups that we had in our stables here. So inner circle in a sense, pinnacle, and then the Matt Hardy Andrade compound family business, uh, pyramid scheme broke up as well. So with the inner circle breaking up, uh, they turned into Jericho appreciation society, not the best name, maybe not the best table with it being Jake Hager and the lesser half of 2.0, but it was a swerve that wasn't uh, seen coming. So I don't know for what it's worth. It's fine. It was a Jericho heel turn that we all saw coming eventually. Uh, I was more interested to see what the pinnacle will do, but I liked that they did it in a little different way because if you have three stables break up in one show gets a little bit repetitive. So they had totally getting fired backstage and then Wardlow, uh, I don't know, expressing his independence now. Uh, and then you had at the end of it, Matt Hardy and Andrade breaking up with a nice touch where it was originally just the uh, private party and Andrade that had votes. So the Butcher and Blade didn't initially have votes. And that's why they just kind of stood there. It was actually a smart callback. But then they did the thumbs down. And then we all saw Jeff Hardy just kind of run in a little bit late like Chris Jericho. That was, that was some great dancing shit. That was awesome. <laughs> you got to hype the crowd up before you go in hell. I mean, that's just... Yeah, you got to get them bouncing, brother. Got to get a little hip thrust. You got to you gotta run your taunts so you can build up your special. That's true. That's true. Oh, you yeah. No more. can't go in there cold. Yeah. Can't go in there cold. But yeah, March is not the, the month for lovers, apparently. No. So everyone be careful out there. Um, at least we did see, I mean, I guess we, we did see the reunion of the brothers Hardy, but don't know if we really wanted to see that. Hey, I want to see that Woodstock 99 outfits again. <laughs> <laughs> just time doesn't change. It just Neon right back in those nets. clothes. What's funny about the Hardy boys reunion is it feels to me like we've known this was coming basically since the day Jeff got released. Now, of course, Tony Khan would have never negotiated a contract with somebody uh, who was still under contract with the WWE. So we're not questioning any of his uh, business choices there. However, no tampering. how did they manage to still make that feel like it felt like a rushed reunion thing? The whole like matches switching after losing that match with uh, at the pay-per-view. And then all of a sudden, like he's now, you know, V2 Matt, Matt Hardy or whatever it was again. Uh, just really odd that they managed to make that feel rushed even though they've had months to do this well his clothes got douchey in a different douchey so it's just <laughs> like he got douchey and carny in his own kind of way and it was okay now he's full-on back to douche matt hardy as opposed to <laughs> douche matt hardy <laughs> yeah like well, a but, capital well, d but. versus lowercase or something like that yeah exactly uh, speaking of the of breakups 
that was my moment of the week was Wardlow addressing his actions at Revolution and kind of making his statement that, you know, it is Wardlow's world now. Um, I thought I saw some people online like claiming that that was such an amazing promo. I thought it was good. He clearly forgot his line one time and then also uh, stumbled on something else, but that's fine. But it kind of gave me a little bit of pause because it's kind of scary that his first person he's going to be going up against in a major feud is the best person on the mic. So first of all, I, I love that they gave him that first comp- that first promo with no interruption, just him, let Max sell his injuries, and then he can come back next week. But um, it just gave me a little bit of like concern in the back of my head of like, oh, I hope he can hold his own on the mic once it does come to those two having some sort of promo battles against each other. Still thought he did well. Um, and I, I'm really excited to see this run. I think, obviously, he's got that match with uh, the new TNT champion, Scorpio Sky. Um, I'm imagining that Max will mess up uh, that match and kind of keep their feud going and then let uh, Scorpio go and continue his run as the TNT title holder. So I'm excited to just see how they work that out. Is the pinnacle yeah. going to mess that up or is it just going to be Max or Spears or something like that? So there's a lot of weird dynamics going on with the pinnacle right now that I'm excited to see kind of go forward with all of this. So what were you guys' thoughts on that? Well, I've got some bad news. Uh, I think Dan Lambert's going to be joining the Pinnacle. I think that's where it's going to. That is fucking awful. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, that'd make us dislike them finally. Yeah, that's true. I, I have a feeling that's where it's going to. Uh-oh. They're going to they're going to put uh, the men of the year are going to replace Wardlow. Oh, that's they too don't many have people. It's too many people, and they don't have Tolly anymore. But I kind of well, think that's coming, or maybe they put. Brian Cage in the heater role because I guess he's resigned. But yeah, yeah they, just, I don't know. Really? But Ugh. they they just they just had Paige Van Zant just sign at the end of Wednesday, yeah. right? So I see that going. We have to join the Pinnacle too, I would think, right? Yeah, right. Oh yeah, and, and it's a no girls allowed club, like all their stables. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, best friends. girls in our club. Best friends is the only one. Oh yeah, but she's an alien. She doesn't count. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Good point. Sean, what were your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I'm glad to see the war dog kind of get his moment. I uh, definitely anticipating this later. I'll talk about that, but I hope big things for the big dog. All right. On to our news of the week. Um, there was quite a bit of, uh, news that happened. I think we even talked about kind of starting the show at the top with the news, just because there's so much that, we didn't even know where to start, who should have what. Uh, so, Sean, let's start with yours. Um, simply mine is the uh, Warner Media Company is not a fan of the Briscoe Bros, Chicken Farmers, or whatever kind of people they are. Uh, it's simply due to the uh, homophobic tweets Jay had back in 2013. It's probably never going to escape them. I think this will haunt them forever, but who knows? Um there was like reports out, but even prior to the Ring of Honor sale, AEW wasn't in talks to sign them. So it's still weird to see this kind of come up out of the blue. I've been seeing things on, I feel like, Facebook ads of them still being advertised as uh, on the Supercard of Honor show, Mania Weekend, but it's kind of now sounding like it's not uh, a lock like it seemed like it was originally. So. We'll see what happens there, but unfortunately, no Briscoes on AEW TV likely soon. 
seems like they're a better fit for GCW anyways, right? I can't My, wait to see him. Yeah. Diamond Harpo's. I did see that I just saw as of yesterday that they have been officially, I'm pretty sure, announced for the card and they're just facing a um a team that has not yet been announced for Supercard of Honor. But they're also the title holders, so they've got to lose those titles if they're not gonna have anything to do with ROH moving forward. They've still got to lose those. And I I would be bummed, Chris, I know you're not a fan, but I would be bummed if we don't get to see FTR versus the Briscoes. I heard the reason it hasn't happened yet up until now is basically neither team is willing to take the loss in that. So like on the Indies, it just won't happen because of that. So it's basically has to happen on AEW television or maybe now potentially ROH television, but otherwise we'll probably never see that, which would be kind of like a bummer because those are just two really good teams that, you know, they, everybody that FTR goes with, they seem to have chemistry with, and I'd love to see how it goes with the Briscoes because they have been, uh, such a strong team for so many years. So, yeah, definitely a dream match. Maybe that'll be the. Uh, have they announced what their match is at GCW? Maybe FTR will make their debut. Come to Harpo's, baby. Come to Harpo's. I'd be so pissed uh, because I'm not going to be there. That is, uh, Chris. What was your news of the week? Yeah, the revelation that Austin isn't going to be wrestling at WrestleMania. We're all going to see WrestleMania live, so we're excited to see him. Um, I wish they just would have controlled the narrative, not a cheap plug for that fucking shit, but I wish they would have controlled their narrative about <laughs> the release of, okay, yes, Austin is involved, but he's not going to wrestle to not get hopes up. Yeah. It seemed unlikely that he would wrestle anyways, that they're 19 years away and his injuries to his neck and so forth, but it just seems so deflating. And especially for this to be the storyline, it doesn't make any goddamn sense for Kevin Owens to just suddenly randomly just attack Texans and ta- Dallas and so, and so forth. And then on top of it, the whole storyline is like, oh my God, it's impossible to get to WrestleMania. It's such a dream. It's a fucking eight hour show. They're filling over two nights after they separated 90 of their wrestlers. And then he's going to have a talk show, which is even more uneventful and unnecessary than an actual match. It's so goddamn stupid. Like this was the best idea. These chuckleheads could have thought of for weeks. Not that I'm passionate about how this is rolled out by any means. But boy, we can't wait. But yeah, it's going to be great. Like, Austin's gonna be, <laughs> it's so fucking cool when he, like, his pop was unbelievable. And like, he's still the most over person in the company, maybe, which is fucking insane. It's 20 years since he's been a regular character and he's still over more than anyone on that roster. I genuinely am okay with the amount of money we spent on two nights for WrestleMania because I'm going to get to hear the glass shatter live in person in Dallas, that makes it worth it to me. But I also have a theory. I think night one, we get the KO show and it sets up the match for night two. I think that I, I still believe that there will be a stone cold match. I, I, cause I, I think that they would have been smarter in, uh, you know, hashtag controlling your narrative, uh, (laughs) <laughs> if he was not going to, if he was not going to wrestle, I think that that would have come out. I think they've been specifically vague about it. And maybe this is me giving the benefit of the doubt uh, because I've become a little bit more positive of a wrestling fan since I've invested more time in AEW than WWE. But I, that's what I believe is going to happen because it doesn't, you don't want to have that first face off happen on a raw or anything like that. 
So you like you you make that payoff be at WrestleMania. Do that night one. Whatever tickets are left for night two will sell in a second if uh if they end up getting in a little bit of a scrap and then I don't know who whoever the anonymous Raw GM or whoever it is now, Hornswoggle comes out and says this match is happening tomorrow night. So that's my theory there. Um, what are your guys' thoughts there? That's, you know, maybe with um, the Vince McMahon's going to wrestle at WrestleMania is kind of a nice smoke screen for that to kind of divert the attention off of that. Like, oh, whoever's throwing out these rumors of wrestlers or the CEO of the company getting back in the ring is just bullshit. And then, yeah, you set it up live at the show that'd be i'm i'd be up for that i will say it's a little weird to have stone cold steve austin have a true match and not go balls to the wall advertising that yeah but i think because it's in dallas and the the level of star that he is he's one of the few people in this world that you could give people one day notice and anybody that can make it will make it to that second night show yeah you just gotta sell tickets for night one though and like you gotta get, I don't know. I, you could have done it a lot better than this. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's like that's what that's WWE's middle name is. This is deep this work at best. <laughs> yeah, this I mean they, they'll they'll go out of their way to make things a little bit more convoluted than it has to be, uh, and make their fans question everything rather than just clarify it. But that's also, like I said, that's I think that's part of me is I want to believe that I have an opportunity to see a Stone Cold Steve Austin match. So I'm I'm choosing positivity. PMA, baby. PMA. Hell yeah. Um, moving on uh, to a little bit more somber news, I guess. Um, as of this recording, I don't think there's been any new no. uh, developments. But over the weekend, it was announced that uh, Scott Hall was put on life support and then uh kevin nash i believe late last night said that once scott's family got there they were going to be pulling him off of life support so uh from what we understand i believe that that has happened um but there's been no news since then um i I don't want to spend too much on this but i I do want to say one thing and that's scott hall is 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 very much a reason for a lot of things about pro wrestling now whether it's you know like he made wrestling him and nash as the outsiders really helped to make just a revolution around uh pro wrestling in the 90s made it really cool i i didn't even know what wrestling was and i like would see kids doing you know crap from wcw wwf at the time like like all these things that were all born out of uh kind of that that original nwo and everything so He's, he's forever going to be somebody who had an insane impact on uh, the sport and um, really sad to see this. And I think also he had one of the best uh, Hall of Fame speeches of any, not even just in wrestling. That's one that I've watched a few times and I can't tell you I've watched anybody else's Hall of Fame speech, at least in WWE, more than once and when it happens. So any anything you guys would like to add? He's got one of the greatest wrestling redemption stories and kind of coming back to, to to some sort of life after some help with some friends. But uh, I mean, we just always wish the best for these wrestlers who have cultivated our fandom over the years. So nothing but thanks for everything that he's done for the, the industry. Yeah. I think we'll talk more about Scott Hall as um, 
his situation changes or gets updated and we'll maybe put some stuff on the website as well. But yeah, he's such an important linchpin and a catalyst to so many things changing in the wrestling industry. His launch uh, into WCW formed the NWO, which was so surreal to see how they did that and how they executed it and how real it felt. Um, And then his leaving kickstarted guaranteed contracts in WWE for folks that weren't in the main, uh, main event. So he has a huge legacy there. And then he just has a great legacy too of just giving to people. Like he got one, two, three kids slash Sean Waltman over. And it was the first time that like a big star lost to a jobber like that. And it was such a seminal moment. And he would do the same in WCW. Like his character was very goofy in WCW, where like he did a lot of flopping and um, he gave so much in the ring and looked like a goof and didn't give a shit because he knew he'd be over because he was cooler than everyone and he could talk his way back into a number one contender spot or a big draw spot. So um, it's a shame. It's sad. It's very, very sad, but it just shows how much of a tough motherfucker he was. Like it took three heart attacks to put him in this situation. I mean, uh, he was able to get sober and stayed sober for a while. And it's great that he didn't die from that, but it took three heart attacks for him to hit the finish, you know? So I don't make it, and I don't mean to make a joke out of that. It just shows like how strong he is. Yeah, absolutely. And who doesn't still to this day? Like when you're leaving a restaurant, and you see a you see a toothpick. Who's not grabbing one and oh, throwing it in the yeah. side of their mouth, just oh, like yeah. him, flicking it off right before you get in the car. Perfect. So we'll 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 hope uh, we'll hope for the best on that. But I uh, wanted to make sure we talked through that a little bit, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll transition over to our cringe of the week, uh, Sean. What did you have for that? Yeah, still a little kind of somber news. Um, just that landing that Biggie took on the belly-to-belly suplex from Ridge Holland. Uh, he had a C1 and C6 fracture. Uh, no displacement or no spinal cord damage or like uh, compression or whatever. So no surgery needed. Luckily, got out that way. Seemed to be in great spirits on Instagram with all his videos. Uh, it kind of sucks we won't see him at Mania, at least in a wrestling role obviously but um just seems to be a great dude everyone seemed to uh be giving well wishes from out the whole industry uh ddp even offered his uh yoga rehabilitation uh services to him so hopefully we'll see there um rich holland's been like super apologetic he's one of the first people at the uh hospital after like there's clearly no heat it was clearly just a uh wrong landing no kind of ill thoughts here. So what do you think, Chris? Yeah. I, I mean, just to echo your thoughts though, it shows how much people care about him and it shows how much he cares about fans too, to make a big deal of going, Hey, don't worry about me go to bed. I'm going to be okay. And all my extremities are working. He was very quick to do that. So people weren't fronting about him and it's, um, you forget like how dangerous wrestling is and doing a, a suplex or suplex bump on the outside, which, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's that hardcore because you see it all the time can fucking kill you. Like it's just that quickly. And we thought we saw a massive injury happen with Madcap Moss and Drew McIntyre when he did the Alabama, whatever the fuck on, on, on Madcap Moss and he landed right in his melon too and nothing happened. And then this was not as stiff looking, but it just shows you it's not ballet. It's always interesting that it's, it tends, it seems like, these injuries tend to be something like this, 
and and then you see a guy jumping off of ladders or I mean Biggie when I so I didn't see it live when it happened I just saw something about him potentially breaking his neck my first thought went to when he does that when he spears people through the uh, the rope. Yes, I thought yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Topic, that was yeah. instantly what I expected it to be. And instead it was something that's, you know, a pretty general move. Uh, and I, I do know that, uh, you know, obviously people always want to pile on when something like that happens and want to say something about Ridge Holland. These things happen. They happen to even the the best wrestlers are going to have something happen. And, and then sometimes you get away with it. And nothing comes of it injury wise. It happened to be in this time there ended up in a broken neck and thankfully nothing more. And it seems like Big E will get to recover, but it doesn't do any good to pile on somebody, especially in a sport like this, where confidence is, is everything. When, when somebody starts to lose that and is hesitating, I think that just puts the performers even more at risk. Yeah. And just to echo that thought, there's no reason to pile on WWE either for not stopping the match because it was on the outside. You didn't know what was going on and you didn't really necessarily know that it was a fatal injury or not fatal, but it was a potential to be life threatening injury, uh, as well. So they did the right thing, I guess, by keeping the match going. Um, but I don't think it was like on the, it's a, it's a false comparison, but on the scale of like the Owen Hart disaster, it wasn't the same thing where they needed to stop the show. Cause you just didn't know if that was a stinger or if he just was momentarily hurt and it wasn't impacting the storyline. I'm always for stopping a match immediately when there's some kind of scare like that. But in this case, I don't think it was really impacting anything and they still kind of kept things going. Sure. There is the, the toughness in some of these guys though, to continue something like that when I can't imagine even move, being able to move, in that type of a situation. I'm sure part of it's adrenaline and everything like that, but just the instincts some of these guys have to keep it going. We even saw it with Matt Hardy. We talked about him earlier when he had that match with Sammy Guevara, when he just knocked himself out mm-hmm. and was like then arguing that he should still be able to continue fighting. Um, it's, when Brock it's Lesnar did a shooting star press and he landed on his neck. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. It's just like, just, you're that, you're that built and your lats and neck are that strong and thick. Like, they can withstand a lot of punishment. I mean, it's not recommended that everyone do that, but it just, like you said, it just shows what great shape everyone is in. What great shape. And and I do hope though, that that guys learn that it's okay to just give the, give the X to the, the ref and, and say, call the match. Like, don't, don't, don't stick it out because you think that it might look bad on TV or something like that. If you think you're legitimately hurt, don't, don't take the risk, but glad he's okay. Um, Chris, what did you have as your cringe of the week? Yeah. Speaking of online fans, uh, the whole entrance gate going on with CM Punk. So fans in AEW were upset that it wasn't explained like what he was doing or why he had that entrance at revolution. Excalibur came right out and said like, Oh, he's hearkening back to his old days of ring of honor and me not watching ring of honor entrances ever. I gathered that's what it was doing because it made sense with the storyline. But there are a lot of fans that just really went on with this days after the show and were bitching about it to the point where CM Punk even shot off something on Twitter about it too. And it came into a big thing for a while, which is just ridiculous. But it made me think um, AEW, I guess, does have casual fans. I just thought it was all hardcore wrestling fans that would capture and get all these Easter eggs and get everything. But I guess they've grown to the point now where they have casual fans that 
have that expectation that they're spoon fed everything in a video package and are told repeatedly what everything means without any subtlety, which is a difference from what I thought their target market was initially. So much to do about nothing. Uh, it was an odd overreaction to meltdown online, but I don't want them to dumb down things and have to explain everything thoroughly. Uh, it's okay if someone doesn't get it. Like you don't have to be uh, making things so accessible and make everything geared towards someone who hasn't watched before. Cause that's what makes WWE so bland. Yeah. And you know, feel free to utilize Google. If you don't understand why somebody's doing something, it'd be one thing if they were hearkening back to, I don't know, the first ever wrestling show that CM Punk did uh, in a backyard where he came out to, I don't know, some green day song or something like that. Sure. I would understand people being like, what the hell is this? But I, maybe there's a little bit of bias here because I've seen CM Punk and ring of honor, like stuff of that. I, I feel like it was pretty straightforward. The second you saw how he was dressed, like the fact he was coming out the way that they've talked about things in the feud. I think that most people could have at least connected. Oh, this is probably like his old persona or something like that. You could have at least connected the dots of this has something to do with his career. And then you can Google it or you can look it up. And plus Excalibur did mention it. So I don't understand anybody who is upset about it to me is looking for something to complain about. And I personally would rather feel like I'm not in on every single inside thing that goes on than have everything shoved down my throat. It's boss time. You know what I mean? Or the big dog 25 times a night. I would rather them err on the side of less of that than too much of that. And I hope that it doesn't change any approach really that AEW has. I don't think AEW did anything wrong there. I think it's people online like to complain. This is why I was, I've been off Twitter for years until we got the podcast it was really nice to not to actually just not really be looking at anything this week because <laughs> I saw a little bit of it and I was just so annoyed. So um, yeah, it's it's the internet wanting something to complain about. That's that's the way that I see it. I don't I don't see how anybody could actually have been bothered by it or thought that they did that incorrectly. Yeah, you guys said it great. Um, the lines or connecting the dots was pretty clear here. It's it's so much better to not or kind of have these things that you kind of infer on your own than being spoon fed how to spend nine ninety nine on a shitty app. But that's just, that's just me. Yep. And uh, speaking of uh, spending nine ninety nine, moving forward, when you watch premium live events, you can watch the artist formerly known as Pete Dunn perform under the name of Butch. Butch. Why can WWE just not let people keep their names? And I'm waiting for them to change AJ Styles' name at this point. Um, What's really fun is I just got uh, WWE's 2K22 and Pete Dunn is in the game as Pete Dunn. So I'm like now wondering, are they going to do a roster update and take him out of that? Get that Uh, DLC. (laughs) And um, I just don't get it. He's wrestled as Pete Dunn for how long now? In looking at it this way, the the WWE uh, UK or NXT UK Championship, the two longest holders now held it under a different name than they are now known in WWE. It's such a weird instinct to have to change everybody's name, and also to the worst possible thing you can. Um, 
I I just I don't get it. The sad thing is, I'm pretty sure Pete Dunn just resigned. Um, so we're we're gonna have Butch for quite a bit of time now. It's such a weird instinct. I, I don't know what else to really say about it. He looks like a fucking English chimney sweep, which was so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's uh. like, did Bruce Pritchard watch Mary Poppins or something or listen to Blur <laughs> Park Life and go, oh, we got to do this. And what's scary, too, like, you wonder if he turns face, is he going to be like, I don't know, or like just something that dumb and derpy? The paper like, boy. Jesus Christ. Like, I don't understand why they do this. It's horrible. And like, no one enjoys it. And the fact that like, there actually was people who were like, Okay, but you just gotta let it see how it plays out. Like, why do they deserve the benefit of the doubt at any, at any point? There's just no continuity to it. Like, that's also just distressing. It just reinforces that nothing matters if you can just reinvent it and literally just reinventing it by dialogue. And Pat McAfee going, "Oh yeah, they used to kind of know each other, and his name was Butch." Then, so okay, anyways, next. <laughs> no sense. No sense. It's it's kind of ass backwards to put so much time, TV time, branding, everything into uh, intellectual property of the name of Pete Dunn and then just switch it up and be like, Oh, this is our new guy, Butch. It, why, why does anyone want to follow? Why it, it leads to nothing. It's so dumb. Yeah. There's zero reason to go and want to watch NXT and see these young guys come up uh, because they're just going to come up and be something completely different afterwards. And it's so weird. The um, the thought with Pete Dunne too is, if you if you were to be released tomorrow, or if you were to leave WWE tomorrow, or I guess we'll say in a year, so that he can build up his brand as Butch, uh, people are going to want to see him as Pete Dunne. They don't care about like they're never they're never going to be connected to the Butch character. Pete Dunne had some of the best matches in NXT history. When you look at him versus uh, what was that Tyler Bate. Uh, at Takeover Chicago, that's one of my all-time favorite matches. There's a couple yeah. other really good ones that he had. I, you know, he was in a War Games match. All of that happened under the name Pete Dunn. So he's already built that brand equity, like under that name. So if you're worried about him being able to leave and take his name with him, he's already doing that. So let's just keep it. I, I can't, I can't state enough how much I really wish that WWE would. Just like whatever they're whatever they're thinking they should do, do the opposite. Like do that for a year and see what it does for your business. And then, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll have, be the one with egg on my face, but I think that they could uh really end up doing some some good with that. But let's uh let's get away from the negativity and move to uh our anticipation of the week. Sean, what are you looking forward to moving forward? Uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but I'm looking forward to this Warlow Scorpio Sky match we get. Um, I wonder, will it be the a quick transitional champ? I don't think you do that to Scorpio Sky. I think you kind of do something that you kind of mentioned earlier with a little makeshift pinnacle fuckery in the match. We'll see where that goes, but I just want to see big things for the War Dog. I'm excited for that match too. I think that's going to be a great one. I mean, it's it's a risky pairing of. Uh, you want to keep him hot and you want to let him have his moment and cash in on the brass ring. You can't really cash in on it, but whatever Uh, you want to see him win, but you can't have Scorpio sky job either. Right. Um, So it's, it's exciting because typically when you have this type of match in AEW, they don't go with the fuck finish. So it'll be interesting just to see what happens. Um, So I don't know. I'm excited, but 
I want to see Scorpio Sky have a good run because he's a great wrestler too. I think he just got saddled with goofy shenanigans around him, but he always had potential. Like Jericho saw good stuff in him. He put him over at the start. He's had this undefeated run for quite a long time. I think he's uh, deserving of his TNT title. So I'd like to see him actually get one. And maybe they could have withheld this to Battle of the Belts instead. But I don't know how far advanced that show is actually. So who knows? But we'll see what happens. It's going to be good. That show, I believe, is like April 14th or 15th or something like that. It's oh, in okay. Dallas, which weirdly enough, it's going to be a pre-taped show. That seems odd to do for one of those special shows. But um, I, I agree. I think that that's going to be a good match. I, I think Scorpio Sky has to win for a few reasons. It wouldn't have made sense to take the title off Sammy last week if that was the case. I don't think it would just seem weird that it kind of would seem like a WWE move to do something like that. Um, I think also you look at AEW's got a tour going to the West Coast now, and Scorpio Sky is an LA guy. So I think that it makes sense to have the title on him for that first run, even though obviously there's some other LA guys, uh, the EVPs that uh, that are going to help sell tickets too. And I think the forum already sold out anyways. But it kind of makes sense from that perspective. And honestly, I'm just really hoping that we get to see a custom Scorpio Sky TNT belt because he's a big Lakers fan. And I think that they could do some cool stuff with like Lakers colors. So that would be cool. Yeah, it was interesting, though. You, you know, you say not like WWE, but boy, they got beat up uh, T- Ty Conti and uh, <laughs> Sammy at the Ooh. end of the show. Like it got that, that was a beat down and uh, fans were for it. <laughs> <laughs> it completely <laughs> went against them. Those tweets yeah. have not aged well. And, uh, you know, you can only show so many neck beards, your awesome abs and hot girlfriend on Twitter vacationing so often before people reject <laughs> you. It's, uh. it's such a weird, I kind of, it makes me actually like how WWE just happen tends to just ignore when their uh, wrestlers are dating. Because oh. whenever AEW gets people like involved, like it gets weird at times. I'm yeah. so- I'm sorry, you haven't watched Corey and Carmella on oh, YouTube. No. Uh, some of us know uh, how to say Brian Danielson. Oh well, I mean, I feel bad for you. I, Chris is, it's just Chris. It's not me. I don't. That's true. Chris, what is it that you're uh, you're anticipating? Oh, the whole the whole show on Wednesday, really. I mean, I think it's going to be great from top to bottom, but I'm really interested in the cage match with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. I'm assuming that's when you have Britt drop the title to Thunder Rosa, and that will be a big moment with her hometown crowd. And having a steel cage match is still something rare that AEW has only done three times. Yeah, this will be the third, right? Not counting blood and guts. So um, it'll be cool. I'm excited to see it. What am I missing? So there was the Cody and Wardlow. Cody and Wardlow. Wardlow. There was that Jake Hager MMA weird thing they did once. I guess it's kind of one. And then that awesome five star tag, uh, five star match with uh, tag. Yeah. The the tag match. Yeah. No, that that was actually originally going to be my anticipation as well. I think that's going to be a great match. I think that the. I don't know if it was a, more so because the card at Revolution was so strong elsewhere that it was kind of a disappointing match. The uh, Britt versus Rosa, like not that it was bad, but it just wasn't. It didn't live up to what I thought it was going to be. They were the and, victims of where they were placed on the card. I mean, yeah, exactly. someone had to exactly. eat shit for it, and unfortunately, they did. Yeah, so like that. There's that. I I do. It's weird that she 
lost and then won this week in a number one contenders match and then is the number one contender again. I I almost wish there would have been some reason that Rosa didn't get Thunder Rosa didn't get to face her at Revolution and then this was happening rather than kind of running it back. It, it seems weird the way that they're doing it, but uh, definitely excited for her to potentially get that title win in front of her hometown and uh, also in a steel cage. I think the last time these two went at it in a, that unsanctioned match, it was it was a, a crazy good match, and I, I have no doubt that they'll be able to pull something cool off. Yeah, and they uh, this is a perfect way for them to kind of break up the the dental office group. The, they're not going to be able to save the the doctor this time, so she's going to get pissed off, and we're going to see a little Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, DMD action. Oh, that'll be sweet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's what I was just going to say, too. I think it's a perfect time to turn one of them face, and they have a good run. Uh, I like Jamie Hayter. I'd love to see her get a face run. I wasn't initially Same. enamored with her. Not that I didn't like her, but um, I always was waiting for a Britt Baker face turn. But Jamie Hayter shows a lot of fire, and she's like Serena and that she's just straightforward, doesn't dance, doesn't stutter step, doesn't do these awful fake runs, and practicing wrestling move shit she's very sharp and she's very legit so i'd like to see her get a nice run uh moving forward all gas no brakes all right oh yeah <laughs> uh and then my my anticipation is uh the path of destruction that we're gonna see mox and brian danielson uh go on over there these next few weeks and hopefully leading to a title run i we talked about it at the top i think them with regal is just an absolutely perfect pairing. I loved the promo from Regal. I love that he kind of gives them a little bit of higher class. I am still hoping that we see Cesaro at some point enter into this grouping. I know that when you have these guys, like it makes sense that there has to probably be a young youngster with them too. Daniel Garcia has now um, been adopted. So hopefully it's Lee Moriarty that ends up in the group. I thought he was really good when he faced Danielson. But uh, overall... Just I, I can't wait every week for watching these guys. Also want to shout out to uh, friends of the show, the Workhorsemen, who uh, it was cool to get to see them actually on uh, Dynamite show. I loved getting to see them back in the day at Evolve shows, and they've always yeah. they've always managed to the show. I hope that it means we're going to get to actually see them uh, work as a tag team a little bit further. It's, it's obviously going to be great. They're going to put down some great dream matches. Uh I can't wait to see what they do in the ring and just create some violence. Yeah. Violent gentlemen. I, I bet they should actually just merge with, uh, they should only wear violent gentlemen gear. That'd be, or like do some type of a collab. That'd be pretty fun. That'd be sweet. Do you change his um, entrance though? Or do you like put him in a new, you know what I mean? Like that's thing? the, yeah, it's like it yeah. works, but it's like, Oh God, do you make him get Regal's on? old yeah. uh, entrance? That is a weird. I I love Mox coming through the crowd, but I don't want to see Mox and Danielson come through the crowd together. Yeah. So I definitely. say just let them stay doing their own thing. It's a weird dynamic, but I think they're a weird dynamic as a team. Anyways, they're a they're kind of a match made in hell. So like, let them just kind of stay that way. It would um, work if Danielson went after his um, water bottle to recycle it. <laughs> just chasing after it. Wait, 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 the green wait, 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 wait. bin. The green bin. <laughs> <laughs> or it just makes him replace it with like yeah like a plastic one or like or not a plastic one but like his own like refillable one yeah he gets like a every week yeah <laughs> <laughs> the 
That'll wrap up the show for this week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestling Elitist Podcast. Visit WrestlingElitist.com for our latest match reviews and articles. And please help support the show by giving us a five-star review wherever you stream your podcast and share us with your friends that are also wrestling fans. That'll do it for this week. Rick Rude, hit the music. Hit the music.